to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. was shook last night finding out the news that 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 uh, that was tweeted out uh, by Jordan Larson of course former Nebraska basketball volleyball excuse me volleyball um, great uh, she's headed to the 40 acres she's going to join uh, the Texas volleyball staff uh, and uh, it's obviously as an assistant coach it's obviously very frustrating to see that as a Nebraska fan um, especially you know John Cook's been able to um, bring in a lot of his former players uh, to, to kind of bring up on the Nebraska staff. But somehow Jordan Larson uh, fell through the cracks. She's been uh, incredible as an Olympian and, and just kind of um, serving as, as one of the best just examples for Nebraska and success coming out of Nebraska, uh, especially for the, the magnificent volleyball program. Um, and it's just kind of hard to see it. it, it I guess it's, it's one of those deals where, uh, <laughs> where you kind of wait uh, to immortalize somebody, right? We've been talking. It's kind of funny um, for quite some time about maybe putting up a statue of Jordan Larson. We always, statue talk is always fun because you start to get into who deserves one and who doesn't. And certain schools like Oklahoma, you, you build one for anybody that wins a national championship as a head coach. And I, I kind of like that idea. Uh, of course, Nebraska does have that in, in place, not necessarily because of that or, or lined up that way, but they do have a Devaney statue. They do have a uh, Osborne statue. And, and, of course, I think uh, – I mean, you, you kind of wait till he's done, but I think John Cook is going to have one on his way. The joke is always whoever wins the first basketball uh, tournament game at Nebraska can get one in front of PBA. But uh, uh, when we're talking about kind of volleyball and, and who deserves that, of course, more more than uh, or maybe if it's somebody besides John Cook, who it'd be just kind of weird. And it is kind of weird when you build a statue of a guy that's currently um, there and, and coaching. Um, it, Jordan Larson always came up, and that was kind of the idea. And, and maybe her moving on with her career, it's a, it's a blessing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great job for her um, to get this job, but it's just a hard pill to swallow for Nebraska fans. Um, but maybe, maybe especially within the last couple of weeks where you grabbed Casey Thompson out of the portal, a former, you know, a, a former Longhorn, a son of a Sooner, things are just weird. Things are, are very weird right now in Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's connections that you didn't expect coming from the burnt orange, but uh, it's just kind of the new world of college athletics, I think. The the rivalries don't hold as much weight with the new generation, and and especially now that the Big Ten, or now that the Huskers are in the Big Ten and it's not a year-in, year-out rivalry uh, in football, I th- certainly think that's at play. But uh, trust me, I still... Still remember watching uh, Mac Brown run out on the field with his finger in the air. So the hate for the uh, Longhorns still burns very, very uh, hotly inside of me. So <laughs> The red burns brightly, right? It burns brightly for Nebraska fans and their hate for Texas. I, I don't think that's going to change um, anytime soon, and Nebraska is not alone. I mean, Texas is kind of one of those national brands that uh, if you ever run, a, run into them at any point in time in your history, you kind of get you start to understand their cockiness and their arrogance and then they usually do get the best of you and that was part of the problem with Texas is they pretty much got the best of Nebraska um, but the long-term rivalry there is is 
is still in play for anybody that loved the Big 8 days. Texas has ruined the Big 8, and then it has now ruined the Big 12, as we know, as it as it heads off to the SEC. But, of course, there were the days of, of arguing um, kind of the, the powers, the power struggle between Nebraska and the traditional Big 8 you know, powers, and then Texas coming in from the Southwestern Conference. They moved the Big 12 championship game out of the Midwest more times than not. I mean, they, they had, you know, Rule 5 rules that they were, wanted to, to take away Nebraska's opportunity um, to get some of their players. Um, so, I mean, it, it's been a long, long rivalry there for a reason. Texas has probably got the best of Nebraska on the field, but it's just, it's weird. And maybe as the generations pass down, um, you know, that, that hatred will be a little bit less. I think that there, that there will be. Um, and it's just so, uh, it's just going to be so weird. I mean, all the talk around that Oklahoma game in Lincoln has got to be around Casey Thompson. Cause the story is just so darn intriguing of, of, you know, a former Sooner, uh, a son of a former Sooner and then an ex Longhorn now playing with Nebraska. Like you said, the split in conferences certainly uh, make that difference. And in Jordan Larson, it's a different, it's a different uh, deal entirely. You know, it's a coaching um, uh, opportunity for her. Um, you're not going to turn that down. And then there's the other, the other part of it, which I always say about whether it's Colorado or, you know, Texas. I mean, Colorado is a cool state. We can hate it all we want. All, plenty of us vacation there all the time. Texas is kind of the same deal uh, where Austin is just one of the better cities in the country. It's, it's a pretty cool city if you ever get the chance to go. Um, but still, you could, you could say hate it. I even extend that to Iowa. I know everybody hates Iowa. I personally uh, make the trek to Iowa to do a little bit of casino fun and, and maybe some, you know, Joe's carding stuff like that. So I, and I was not I was not all that bad either. But uh, as far as as destinations, places to be. Um, but as far as the rivalries go, um, it just feels like there has to be some taking off the Texas Nebraska rivalry. But I don't know. It's, it's just kind of weird because usually you would say regardless of what Jordan Larson's doing is I'll be cheering for her. I don't know if it, I would categorize as cheering <laughs> as what I will be doing if I am watching the Longhorns volleyball team. Supporting Jordan Larson in her endeavors, in her coaching endeavors, while not necessarily hoping for the success of the team she is coaching. <laughs> I don't, but that's not going to help her career trajectory as if the team doesn't do well. Uh, again, not have to worry too much about that as Texas volleyball. They're, they're pretty good there. Um, but uh, they're pretty set with or without Jordan Larson, but she'll definitely um, help. But I think we'll all just be cheering for a quick stay in Austin for Jordan Larson, maybe maybe just one or two years before she goes and takes another job, they, maybe. Only only taking a couple live concerts in the live live music capital of the world there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but I, th I do think, too, as, as the transfer portal, it's a bigger discussion than Jordan Larson, obviously. Um, like we said, her, her situation is that she's going to improve um, and, and kind of start up her, her career as, as a college coach. So that's kind of exciting. Um, and maybe uh, in jest we can, we can have fun, you know, downgrading and throwing horns down and all that stuff as far as the destination she chose. But it's, it's a cool opportunity, and I will be cheering for her and hoping she has career success there. Um, but as far as the transfer portal goes, um, you know, part of it is, is like you said, that, that just kind of time between – maybe playing Texas, and, and so the hatred might have might have worn off and younger generations uh, in the future won't quite understand that. Um, but I think the transfer portal overall, as we see it now, um, has the chance to do somewhat what free agency did to pro sports. And it is power to the players, and it is, it is more fun, um, and, it, and it, it can add storylines of, of guys crossing over to different rivalries. But there, that's kind of what left college football, college basketball. You still kind of felt – 
that those guys were all in with the university, right? All in with the colors that they decided to wear. Um, and in pro sports, free agency kind of hurt that. You remember, you talked to kind of older generations about, you know, watching their favorite baseball team or basketball teams in the 70s or the 80s. And, and you, could, you could name, you know, the, the, the whole starting lineup for the Kansas City Royals for a five- or six-year stretch, maybe just make two changes here and there. You could do, you know, the same type of thing for basketball um, and, and football, and then free agency opens up, and, and everybody's moving everywhere, and there is no loyalty to the team that you cheer for. Now, in college athletics, it's going to be somewhat the same thing, where it's, it's kind of frustrating, but uh, Casey Thompson is, is a pretty good example of, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't bleed Oklahoma <laughs> sooner red. He doesn't bleed Texas orange. He doesn't bleed Nebraska red. Uh, even though he's here now, um, it, it's just it, it, it kind of hurts it. And it definitely hurt me growing up as a, as a fan as far as pro sports go, you know, watching the Johnny Damons and the Jacoby Ellsbury's of the world on my, on my Red Sox, Kevin Euclid included, going over and joining the Yankees in pinstripes. And, and you just thought, that's despicable. I'd never – if I was in their position, I would never go to the rival – um, and, and then, you know, you just kind of realize everybody's kind of out for themselves, which they should be. I mean, it's more money in their pocket, and that's what the transfer portal is doing these days. But in my mind, it, it, while adding storylines like it will be for the Nebraska-Oklahoma game this upcoming year, um, it also is eventually going to take away a little bit from that connection I think you felt as a fan to your college teams, thinking, you know, those guys are, are, are loyal and, and bleed your, your team's colors. I don't think that's necessarily the case, Bach. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's going to take away the enjoyment uh, for myself cheering for Nebraska because that's the school that I graduated from and uh, the school you graduated from as well. So I think we'll, we'll still have that connection and we'll still have that passion uh, for, for the, uh, the Red N. And I don't think that the, uh, the, the players, some of the players not necessarily having that same fervor and that same passion uh, for the Scarlet and Cream, I don't think that's going to. Cha- I don't think that's going to change the enjoyment for a lot of fans because it's still it's still heavily tied to where you are from, and it's still heavily tied to your your identity as a person and the uh, the culture of your area. And so I still think that there will be plenty of people taking way too much pride and 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 getting a lot out of college football uh, more so than the NFL because there are more more programs and you can usually find a team that is very close to you and kind of has the same cultural identity as the the location that you're in so i i, I don't think it's going to change college football and the enjoyment for a lot of fans well I, i'm just i'm just saying at like 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 free agency um you know that that was the one thing i mean you look back at a guy's career and you know you'd, you'd have examples transferring's not new you'd have guys um that went to a couple different schools and and it's always a bit of just kind of playing in your own mind right i mean uh, it, it, it we all kind of know most people, whether it's in, in their profession or school or whatever it is, if you have the opportunity to, to improve your life, um, go do it. I mean, you know, don't let loyalty get in the way of you making decisions in, in self-interest. It's not selfish. It's self-interest. Um, but there was always that idea, even with guys, you know, moving on, you go through their careers. You know, LeBron, uh, you know, has, has a five- or six-year run with whatever team he's on the latest uh, and it, it just kind of loses it a little bit more um, from a guy, you know, like a Kobe or a Dirk or somebody that stayed there for 18 years. Um, you just kind of feel more connected with, with that guy. And back in the day, that used to be the case for a lot of those players. You were you were nine or ten years on the same team. And in, in college sports, you kind of still had that, where a majority of guys 
were going four or five years with the same team. And then so when they graduated and move on to the professional level, you could say, well, uh, you know, he's a Packer this year. He was a Giant last year. He'll be a Raider next year. But he's always been a Husker because he played four years for the Huskers. Hey, the onus is now on the colleges. It's now on the professional teams to make it so that uh, in the grass is not greener on the other side. So you can still get people who are, are staying at a, at a school for uh, three to four years, uh, spending their entire collegiate career at, at a school, as long as you make sure that that is the best situation for them. I mean, you look at Alabama and guys aren't transferring out of there in, in droves uh, because or their high-level talent isn't transferring out of Alabama in droves because it's an advantageous situation for them. So it, it's taking the onus off of – or taking the complete responsibility off the player to make sure that you make the exact right decision out of high school, and it's making sure that these programs continue to uh, recruit their own rosters and continue to offer the best of the best to people after they've signed their na- name on that dotted line. Uh, it, it, I don't think it's it's a uh, apocalypse scenario that you're putting out here that the college football is fundamentally ruined. I, I think there will still be all of the same quirks and all the same lovable things that, that you've seen growing up, Bach. It's, it's, not, it's not a disaster scenario. Oh, it is a disaster scenario. The regular season is going to mean less. Uh, there's less, you know, people, you know, sticking with the same team, all that stuff. It, I, I don't. It, I, it's not an apocalypse scenario. Like I said, I've I've adapted to the fact. And overall, you need to. Overall, I know some people hate change, and that's always kind of fun to make fun of. But um, change is constant. It's going to happen regardless in in all areas of your life. So you have to adapt to it. You have to grow with it. But I will miss part of of the of the past of college football and the loyalty uh, that was there within the fan bases and, and within with the teams uh uh you know it, it is I, I think that this is somewhat of a f- free agency type of de- i mean it, it is it's, it's a free agency type of deal now uh where a lot of these guys are going to go to the highest bidder and again i'm not against that overall it's i, I i've always been a, a player uh empowerment type of guy i like to see them especially with all the money that's been made in college football um it go back to those guys and then have the opportunity to make it. It just takes a little bit away from what uh, what I grew up with and what I remember. But, of course, that's different than what the previous generations grew up and what they remembered. I think overall uh, we are heading in the right direction. It'll just it'll be an adjustment um, that some people have to make. Uh, I did learn to hit the text side because I thought it was funny. Somebody said uh, that uh, Iowa is in no w- circumstance a vacation de- destination, Pete. And Seward said, no, you're absolutely right. I wasn't saying it was a vacation destination. It's a flyover state just like Nebraska is my point. It's about the same. Um, but as far as living in Lincoln, there's some opportunities to go to, to you know, to Council Bluffs and, and maybe have do something that you can't do in Lincoln. I'm, I'm just talking about casinos, which pretty soon uh, Nebraska will have as well. So it won't be as big of a difference. I'm just saying I used to I, I had this idea growing up. Because I always hated Iowa, even before the Big Ten <laughs> split, right, is that, you know, Iowa is just some terrible place to be. And after spending some time over in Iowa, it's just about the same as Nebraska. Bach, how dare you? All right. There's <laughs> know, inferior, there is inferior corn in <laughs> Iowa. Well, other than that, of course, the corn here is, is, is way better, as well as the beef. I mean, there's, there's certain things that are, that are certainly there, but uh, I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, we're going to take a quick break on the block here. We'll come back with our final segment before Eric Strickland joins us. Uh, let's see, what should we talk about? I, 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 I've had particularly fun following Will Compton's story uh, the last couple of weeks. He's been cut and signed and cut. 
and sign in cut again now with the Raiders. Um, he calls himself Playoff Willie. It's, it's, I don't think it's in the card form, but it's kind of just a cool story to see the modern-day um, deal with COVID-19, and that, that's kind of how he's been getting his spot. Uh, and, of course, he's a big podcaster and has a lot of fun with it. So we'll talk about uh, some of what we've been going with and, and a little bit of Will Compton's journey coming up next here on On the Block on 93.7 The Ticket.